Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare, I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. This week we're covering 1992's Dr. Mordred. In a Manhattan apartment, Dr. M. Tom Mordred has stood guard between our world and the dark dimensions. Now, after centuries of waiting, evil's ultimate warrior has arrived. Cabal is a demon who uses mortals to do his bidding. What difference does it make if I want this dying planet? A sorcerer is not a god. It would be beyond the apocalypse. Our powers can be amusing. This man's gotta die! Dr. Mordred, master of the unknown. This is a superhero film. Sort of. Why are we covering this, you ask? Well, it is a full moon feature. All all the uh, bands were together on this one. Yeah, it was directed by Albert and Charles Band. And Richard Band did the music. So it is a completely band, band. The full band was there. The full band was there, yes. (laughs) And it's also starring Jeffrey Combs. Which, of course, you know, he's horror royalty at this point. Sci-fi royalty, horror royalty, he's got it all. So, weird weird, weird things with this film. Uh, Shad is actually going to be taking the wheel on this one because this is a little out of my wheelhouse, as the old people say. Um, <laughs> I heard that's not a thing that people say anymore. So I'm It's just, not. I'm going to throw that out there. Uh, what, what the hell was this film? Also, let me just say that the film is like an hour long. It's like 73 minutes with credits. It's, I thought it was one of those like Saturday night films, like a made for TV movie. There's no way this, this wasn't released in a theater, right? No, it was a straight to video deal. And this originally started, part of the reason we're talking about it is because this started its life as a Doctor Strange movie. They had the rights to Doctor Strange. How they got him, I don't know. Probably like how Roger Corman got the rights to the Fantastic Four. Somehow he just slipped in. But along the way, they lost the rights for it to be Doctor Strange. So they just said, okay, it's not Doctor Strange anymore. Now he's Doctor Mordred, the sorcerer from another dimension, who will just dress suspiciously like Doctor Strange in many scenes. He'll wear an amulet like Doctor Strange. But he's not Doctor Strange. He's totally Doctor Mordred. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. He also can, like, manipulate time. He freezes time. He can move it forward. He can move it backward. So he's Doctor Strange. Just, you know, without the whole, like, mustache thing. Yeah, he used to have a beard and mustache. That was it. Yeah, because when you look at the cover for this, 
you're like even the bell like shaped the wizard-esque tunic that he's wearing yeah it all just reads dr Doctor strange. strange yeah they, they were shameless about that and keep in mind, they even released this on Blu-ray like a year or two before the Doctor Strange movie came out. So they were trying to capitalize just on comic book Doctor Strange for years before the movie. And, you know, there's so many similarities. Like he lives in the big upper, you know, he's got a, a house on the top floor of this. Doctor Strange has the whole house where he's got his whole like sanctum. Dr. Mordred, he owns the building and rents out other apartments to people. That's what I love is like, He's rich enough that he owns a giant building in New York, but he still needs to rent out to other people. Well, he's lonely. He does. He likes the but interaction of the. Yeah, that's true. He's always like because they do make a mention many times throughout the film that he's like a like sec, you know secluded in his home. He doesn't come out, but no one knows you know anything about him. Oh, that's Doctor Mordred. We we don't know about him. It's like he's a doctor. Doctors have weird hours, and mm. they're never home. I guess so. I love his apartment, by the way, that has, like, the whole 90s, like, spy room going on where he's got all the monitors just recording news programs from around the world. Like, you're a master of the mystic arts. You can't just figure that out. You still need VCRs to record everything. Yes, he does. He's like James Bond. He's got the giant map, of, the old-timey map of the world up on one wall. With what looks like pins pushed in it to let you know where all the mystical things are happening. Don't do anything fancy that would require an effect. Just use a pin to mark it. That's fine. And my favorite part of his mystical apartment that's like, oh, you've never seen things like this before. Is it the blue lights? He's got a clock with a neon light around it. (laughs) Like, oh, Dr. Mordred, you're so mysterious. Where did you find this unearthly artifact? Spencer's. Spencer's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is definitely the budget Doctor Strange. And the apartment is just so, I mean, like you said, with the lights, it's just so 90s. I mean, obviously, it's taking place in 92. And, like, anything that's the beginning of a new decade, it's always going to have remnants of, like, it hasn't, like, gotten its own identity yet. Yeah. So it's very, you know... 80s, you know, 90s-esque. It has a little bit of the flair from both. It just, the apartment is just, it's terrible. Yeah, and... and it's, But it's also fucking, I feel like it's huge at yeah. the same time. All these people's apartments are monstrous. And I always love in the show... It's little, like pre-war, you know, because yeah. those apartments, that's why he's running them. They're probably, like, charging, he's probably charging, like, $300 yeah, that's you what know. I was gonna say. The woman who becomes his uh, like friend in this also lives in his apartment building, and she's like a consultant for the police department, and she lives in this giant apartment. If it's even half the size of his in New York, even back in the nineties, they'd have been charging two grand a month for that. Two grand? No, B. They would be charging like ten thousand dollars a month. I just saw some crazy thing. It was like three hundred square feet in New York, like today. They are charging two thousand plus dollars for it. Three hundred square feet. That's like you can't even do anything in that kind of space, and it's wild. Like, it is wild. So, yeah, they're living it up in these fucking... This is like when you watch Friends and you're like, there's no fucking way. Yeah. There's no way. She a waitress. Like, this one even got a job. Like, yeah. how? <laughs> well, and of course, Dr. Morton also has his... He says his bodyguard, but we never see it do anything. 
He's got a raven named Edgar. Get it? Wink, wink. If Ed- anyone knows anything about Jeffrey Combs, uh, you know that he loves him some Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. He's he's a Poe. He's a Poe head. Let me, let me just say, okay, his first name is Anton. Right there that just says alien from another planet. I mean... Or evil magician. Or evil magician, yeah. So, I don't... This is what gets me. He was sent to Earth, okay, yes. by a being called the Monitor, which is just, a bu- like, floating <laughs> eyes... Floating eyes in, like, the star galaxy. Field. Yeah, Starfield. It's that really cheap effect where you know they just put a mask on a guy and cut the eye holes out of it and then just did the green screen of a Starfield on it and put a little bit of an echo. So he kind of sounds like when on Mork and Mindy, Mork used to call Orc, and it would be the boss would be, Hello, Mork, with that kind of weird echo effect. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. They spared no expense on this movie. To stop the evil wizard Cabal from opening the gate to hell. What is with these movies? Something is always trying to open the gates to hell. Like, why? Like, is there a big party happening? Like, what? what is the... And, and, once you, and so many of them that try to do this. And they all fail. They all fail. And once you get the gate to hell open, and hell overruns the whole world and destroys it, then what do you do? Exactly. Then what? You know, there was a cartoon in the We're 90s We're going down called... to the lizard people, baby. Yeah. There was a cartoon in the 90s called Earthworm Jim, where they asked the character one time, they said, if you destroy the whole galaxy, what the hell are you going to do after that? And then the creature just looks at it and goes, I don't know, laugh manically amongst the ashes? I'll figure that out when it happens. And I feel like that's their plan, too. We're going to overrun the earth and destroy it and take, kill everyone and take them to hell. And then we're pretty much done. That's it. We retire now. To the burned out husk of a planet. So Cabal. Who is played <laughs> by Brian Thompson. Yes. Brian Thompson. Immediately once the movie began and I saw Brian Thompson, I was like, he the bad guy. Yeah. It's very rare that he plays the good guy on anything. He's played the bad guy, of course, uh, in Cobra. He was the one that Stallone was fighting. He's played multiple characters on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's been on Star Trek as a kind of a good guy. He played a Klingon in one of the episodes that was not a bad guy. He's played Romulans. He's played everything, which I guess him and Jeffrey Combs have that in common because, you know, he's been on tons of Star Trek as different characters. So I'm sure later on they got to reminisce about Dr. Mordred when they were hanging out on Star Trek sets. I need to see, okay, we need to find where this, his first role was in a TV show from the 87 to 88 called Werewolf. Do you know of this show? Yes, that's the one that was like one of the first shows that aired on the Fox network. Wow. Did you, did you see it? No, because we didn't have Fox in my town. Damn. But my favorite show that he was on, I think is one, I think it was just called Key West. And it was where he played the sheriff of Key West. And he was the like laid back, just totally relaxed surfer kind of guy that got to become sheriff. And it is a little bit, reminding me a little bit like of like a Reno 911 because he wore the sheriff's outfit, but he wore shorts with it and running shoes, you know? Yeah. And he was always just like, hey man. Let's not commit crimes. And it's one of the few times where he just played a really relaxed, cool guy. 
He also, of course, was the alien bounty hunter on the X-Files for pretty much the whole run of that series. Every time the aliens came and they had to be taken out, it was always Brian Thompson doing it. And, of course, because he was a vampire before he was on Buffy, he was in Fright Night Part 2 as Bosworth. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, he he been, he been, I mean, he's done a ton of stuff. And then recently, I think he's in the new Macbeth movie, the one that... Yes. Uh, I'm sure that's got to be awesome for him to be like, all right, I actually get to do a real role. I mean, how dare you? These are all real roles. Well, you how know, but he dare you. one where he's not the vampire bad guy or the oh, Romulan well, okay. admiral. Like a normal role. He's just doing a regular okay. Shakespearean play. It must be great to just be like, I don't have to overact and do crazy things and do the weird stuff he does in this one. I get to just do a real role. That must be a lot of fun. Yvette Napier is the love interest I guess, if you want to call her that. Kind she's the, of. She's the police, like you said, consultant, nerdy. What did you say when you saw her? How you know that she was the nerd, the nerdy one? You know she's the nerdy girl because when she opened the door to come out and see what was going on in the hallway, she was wearing a, a rumpled bathrobe and big socks that went up to her knees, but like they were somehow still like had like lots of rolls in them. So like the socks must be like for someone seven feet tall because they've got like all these, you know, like where you can see where it's squished down on the socks and everything. So yeah. they put these socks on to make her look like, oh, she's not the kind that cares about how she looks. And of course she has the glasses that she can strategically take off to be like, oh, really, Dr. Mordred? Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's she's a working actress as well. She was in a ton of stuff. She was in 21 Shum Street and several several episodes and also freddy's nightmares oh. <laughs> she was in an episode a killer instinct so yeah she's uh you know everyone on this is really just a working character actor you know the cabal going back to the film cabal is needing something and when i was watching the film i was like oh of course I mean, you're going to have wizards in here. You're going to have someone trying to open the gate of hell. Why not have them be go on a search for the Philosopher's Stone? Ah. Which some of you might be like, oh, that's Harry Potter thing. This is a thing that existed before Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling did not create that. Um, but in this thing, it's one of uh, the elements they're going to need. Oh, there we have the kitties have joined the podcast. Kitty cast. Is that is that a podcast? Because sure I feel like. We could have that as a podcast. The yeah. cats choose which horror movies we're going to watch. And then we make them sit and watch the horror movies and just record their reactions. That's probably already a thing, but we could give it a try. So, like I said, I blinked my eye and this movie was done. I don't, there's nothing that stands out to me because everything went by so fast. It's like, you know how most films, like they're building up versus like the introduction of the characters, right? So we got that. We got you know, cop lady, annoying ass tenants in the building, cabal. Which never comes to anything. I thought like that at some point, like the cabal or someone was going to try and break into the building and like the annoying tenants would help out. But they really didn't. They were just there for that one scene for to be annoying and for Jeffrey Combs to stand there in his gold lame robe looking out the door and just go, people. Yeah. That was it. He Cabal was going to go in and raise the rent. <laughs> and release the rats release the rats but yeah there wasn't much to there wasn't much point to that scene really i wonder what 
like what was the script or the thought for the Doctor Strange? Like what direction would they and it would have been bad anyways because I mean come on let's face it did these superhero movies now I mean they look great obviously they have no excuse not to look good because we have the technology but in order to make then, it look good back in the 90s they would have had to spend 200 million dollars on it yeah and it and and it was not going to hold up like it budget, wasn't going to look good t- till today like yeah. it was going to look bad the budget so, on this i think i read was like uh, one and a half to two million yeah which that's a lot i feel for an independent film in this caliber it's not like they did anything crazy besides the <laughs> celestial eyes and the stop <laughs> motion at the end oh yeah uh, it was stop motion at the end <laughs> the uh but you know the the video zone stuff all the the full moon stuff was huge in the 80s and 90s they had that whole subspecies series yeah puppet master puppet yeah master they had they have stuff i mean you know still to this unquote, day they're still going stuff under their belt of course and I think they thought that they were going to start something with this and they could do more with it, but it just never, it didn't get as popular as their other stuff. They do use a lot of like old school stop motion animation at the end and a lot of, like they didn't even have enough money to go to like a real museum and film the end of it where it takes place at a museum. They had to like force perspective the dinosaurs in front of the camera so that you would think they were in the museum, but and it, it looked okay, but as soon as you look at it, you're like, oh, they're not really in a museum. This is a neat effect, but you can tell right away they're not really in a museum anywhere. Yeah. And then Mordred has to, is like watching for signs. So like at the beginning of the film, he's like talking to the monitor and he's like, you know, he's that's what he's recording on the VHSs or these certain instances, you know, things, these signs that are coming up that are going to tell him like a ball is like, you know, almost whatever. He did it for 150 years. So how was he like on the lookout? I guess obviously he must have wrote whatever signs he could see or hear via letter. Like, you know what oh, I mean? I had the telegraph going. You were getting <laughs> that little thing coming in there. that was like, Dr. Mordred, stop. Strange things are happening in St. Louis. Stop. Come investigate immediately. Get here as fast as you can by train. Stop. And he'll be there in five days. Yeah. Five days later, everything's gone. He still got there. And then, so you do this for 150 years, waiting for this battle. Like, waiting for all these signs to happen. Because you can't stop the signs. There's nothing he could do. That's the other ridiculous thing. Like, you just have to... You're a sitting duck. You're just waiting for these signs to come about. Until they're like, oh, Cabal's here. Like... I've only waited 150 years. Thanks for taking your sweet ass fuck time. And then, and that time frame, I mean, he had to get a job. So he became a criminal psychologist. <laughs> and he's, he's giving his lecture about how criminal psychology and the occult go in with each other. And he makes, uh, what was his joke that he made about the, the, the moon? Because he, uh, he's giving a speech. Oh, about, lunar ticks. The yeah. lunatics. Yeah, he was like, yeah. The, the, all these people are tied to the cycles of the moon, hence the lunatics. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I I can't. And all the I just it was just. Well, here here's my here's one of my favorite parts of it. Yes, let's. let's Cabal hear what your favorite comes parts. to visit Doctor Mordred to threaten him and tell him your time is through, Doctor Mordred. Well, he comes as a like a astral projection where nothing can happen to him. Okay, that's a clever thing to do. But then, at the end of the film, Dr. Mordred is like, he's all the way across town at the museum. We'll never get there in time. 
So I will need you to watch over my body while I send my astral self there to stop him. Now, I won't be able to touch him or do anything to him, but I'm going to send my astral body there to take care of it. Then he lays down on the ground at the park, spreads his arms out next to him, and then goes to sleep. And you see like the little glowy globe fly out of his chest and go there. Then he appears there in like his Dr. Mordred outfit. And he can shoot lightning and stuff out of his fingers and do all this. But it won't affect him? You know? Yeah. I... Okay. So then the way that, spoiler alert, the way he stops Dr. Or the way Dr. Mordred stops Cabal is he reanimates a mammoth skeleton that's there and has it just ram through him and kill him. Now, if he was susceptible to just being killed by, like, being stabbed or something, hey, Dr. Mordred, why didn't you just take a knife and stab him? Or, I don't know, when he found him at some point and you had a physical body there with you, pull a gun out and shoot him. You know, I thought the wizard was going to require some sort of special thing to be killed. You know, hell, even Damien had to have daggers where <laughs> you had to stab him with certain knives. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Cabal, yeah, we'll just impale him. It'll be fine. So it was kind of pointless. You didn't really need Dr. Mordred there with his magic. You just needed the museum security guard to pull a gun and shoot him. That would have been the end of it. But no, Dr. Mordred waited 150 years for this. 150 years for a fight that took like five minutes. Yeah. And I also love the part where you could tell they just wanted to get this an R rating just so it would be in the horror section. Oh, this is the part that I was going to discuss. Oh, go ahead then. No, no, no. The the part where it's like, oh, all of a sudden, the, cause the uh, what is his name? Cabal, he had his hench man and lady. Hench you know, people. Hench people they with him. Who were like punks. They were like punk rockers, I guess. And you know what punk rockers in the 90s were like. Yeah, man. Fuck the system. Yeah. I've got a jean jacket with buttons on it. I'm fucking badass. SMH. <laughs> Am I wrong, though? So, this... <laughs> so, these people... <laughs> so, these people, you know, they're like doing all the... And I feel like they did mostly all the dirty work. He yeah. was just like, I'm just too cool for school and I'm just going to be walking around doing whatever the hell he was oh, doing. an old church. This will make an excellent home for me. We will never see it again. So, this chick just <laughs> arrives. She just arrives and she's booty naked, you know, with 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 full the bush frontal, out, full frontal nudity. I know you just went to the straight like full description of it. I'm just stuck on the bush. I'm just I was just like, oh okay. It was trimmed. It was like a it was a landing, right? Yeah, it was a, a landing strip. And, and then he's standing there shirtless, and you're like, oh okay, these two are gonna. He's gonna have to have sex with her in order to do something here. Also, and I don't know because this is. I feel like we've watched two or three other movies where the woman is like, here I am. And then The Unnameable, maybe, that was another one where there's always a slab of concrete that looks like an altar. Mm -hmm. And then that woman gets laid upon said altar. And that's where the banging proceeds or whatever weird occult shit is going on happens. And I get that. But she always lands. There's always a landing, like a like cold slab of concrete. Yeah. So here she is. He picks her up. 
Like because he, he Brian caress- Thompson is huge. Yeah, he's know? a fucking huge guy, and she looks like a Smurfette compared to him. Yeah, she like her head comes like to the middle of his chest, so he can pick her up easily. And he, you know, she's saying, you know, basically, you know, whatever, do do what you need, do what you need to do. Cabal. I'm here, I'm for, here you. for you. I'm here for you, Cabal. I'm all I'm all about it. And he's like groping her breast and like touching her cheek or whatever, and then he just scoops her up. And then he lays her on said thing. And this is the part that pisses me off. I get that obviously this is an R movie. There was not going to be penetration. It's not a porno. And there's not going to be softcore. Okay. But, but they do softcore in a lot of the Full Moon movies. They so do. So why not? They do. Maybe Brian Thompson wasn't about it. He might not have. He might have said no. Or maybe the chick wasn't about it. You but know. then... But anywho. But then he fucking kills her. And it's like, have sex with her, her first and then kill her. Like, and he kills her in a way that doesn't necessitate her being nude. He just whips a crystal out and puts it on her head and sucks all of her energy away. Which... Which, what was the point of that? We never see her. I thought she was going to become a zombie or whatever. She was going to let you do whatever she... Whatever you wanted her to do. And I don't mean in the sexual manner. Like, besides well, in the that. sexual manner. No, besides that. She would have done... If he said, go out and kill three women she would have done it so there so, was no reason to kill what was the whole point because i never got that he was just needed to siphon the energy, the energy to like to, regenerate the crystal one of the crystals he had he needed that for to be the spell he needed a person's life energy so he just took hers but why did she need to strip naked when all he was going to have to do was just touch the crystal to her head that's right he could have done that while she was wearing clothes they just wanted to get that scene in there where they had boobs in it so it would be an r rating and it would be in the R-rated horror section. And they could Which I don't... I still don't understand why this film is in horror. This is not a horror film. There's nothing horrific that happens in it. There's no gore. There's no... There's, no, there's not even a monster. Was there a monster? You don't really see the, the minions of hell. Like, you hear them talk about them. You see, like, some hands reaching through the thing. And there's one monster that comes through that's a leftover from a howling movie. That the uh, he yes. kind of pokes his head through. Yes. And the the guardian at the uh, prison where Cabal was held and where the gates of hell are also conveniently at. He had no eyes because he got his eyes poked out. But Doctor Mordred, he knows what's up. He yeah. gave him some his eyesight back. And this guy's dressed like an old timey knight, but yet he has like <laughs> a. That's my favorite part. He's dressed like an old timey knight. But he has like a rock, a grenade launcher that shoots laser beams. It sure does. And he's like, "Back to hell with you, you demons!" And he's firing his grenade launcher laser. Pew 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 pew. Yeah, literally, he's making noises like that. And you're like, "Okay." He couldn't have had like a mystical sword or something. A sword with a cheap flame effect on it would have been like, "Ah, I'm waiting for the monsters." That's another hundred thousand dollars. We can't afford that. Yeah, apparently. No. But yeah, this movie was on and done really quickly i could see where they thought maybe i felt like it was a pilot for a tv show yeah i think that maybe they they wrote this as the doctor strange pilot for like a tv show when it didn't happen they went back in they added a couple of scenes with some boobs and some people saying fuck <laughs> with some boobs <laughs> they added some profanity and some boobs and said now it'll get an r rating we'll put it with the rest of the full moon movies because it'll go in Back when I worked in the video store, they had it in the sci-fi section, but then later they moved it to horror because they were like, oh, it's a full moon. It has to go in horror. So, okay. They were just hoping to get... the If you rented subspecies, you'll rent this. That's all they were hoping for. Yeah. And with a $2 million budget back then, how they probably made money on it, even though they didn't make a lot, 
because they probably charged 50 bucks a tape and you know 8,000 blockbusters bought two copies of it minimum. So they probably made money on it, just not the kind of money they wanted to make, you know? Well, I hope they did make some money. And, you know, I hope Jeffrey Combs got paid. I mean, I'm sure he did because he is a classically trained actor and he, it doesn't matter. He could be fucking in a commercial selling fucking shampoo. He is just going to give you his 100% performance. And same thing with Brian Thompson. Yeah, the same thing with Brian we Thompson, We watched yes. like some behind the scenes stuff on the DVD and they're both like 100%. They're like, this movie is about, you know, they're telling you all this deep meaning behind the movie and you're like, I, I don't think there's that much to it, guys, but I appreciate the fact that you're committed to this film and to pushing it and promoting it. I, I see you're you're 100% professional on that. Yeah, they're very professional, and they're just, I mean, come on. It's Jeffrey Combs. Like, he's just horror, horror royalty. Yeah. They talk about all the scream queens. I think, uh, and not only that, like, he's just royalty. I'm just gonna take the horror genre. I'm gonna take that away because he he's been in so much, and I love him. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, Jeffrey Combs. It's like I'm seeing like an old friend. Yeah, and even like I can't think of a really this this might be my least favorite Jeffrey Combs movie, but at the same time, how it's if I had a glove, okay. I would slap you with it. How dare you, sir? How dare you say that? I'm saying it's my least favorite Jeffrey Combs, but it's still okay. I mean, this is not the worst thing I've ever seen, especially not the worst thing from Full Moon. It's not the worst thing I've seen Jeffrey Combs in. What's the worst thing you've seen Jeffrey Combs in? It has to be that one that I own that I... No, we covered that movie, actually. No, it's fine. I the don't know. Necronomicon? Yes. That one's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I take it back. It's fine. Because it's just, it's so harpy off of what we had discussed before. Like, it's so like that other thing that I just couldn't. But we're not going to get into that. If you want to listen to that podcast, we definitely have the Necronomicon podcast. Yes. uh, From years ago. Yeah, that needs a Blu-ray. That does need a Blu-ray. Just Blu-ray everything Jeffrey Combs ever did. Oh, that'd be great to do the Jeffrey Combs collection. Yes, come on. We should just we're gonna Factory. tag Jeffrey Combs and Screen Fa- and Screen Factor and be like, just can you just come out with a Jeffrey Combs collection? Because that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. I would buy that. And what gets me is that he's done so much in horror and he's done so much in science fiction too, like with Star Trek. Yeah, I think he's been on every single Star Trek. I don't think he was on New Space or he wasn't on the Next Generation, but he was on tons of DS Nine, Voyager, Enterprise. They were supposed to make him a regular character on Enterprise, and if it had gone one more season, he was supposed to come back as a regular character. So we missed out on the season of Enterprise where Jeffrey Combs was on the bridge. And that's bullshit. Yeah. That would have definitely made that show better. Uh, Yeah, they should have just had him on there from, like, season one, from the get-go. But, yeah. So on our knife scale, I'd give this... It's two knives. It's fine. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. I see what they were trying to do. But if you want to see a worse version of Doctor Strange, which it's coming out on Blu-ray soon, is watch the made-for-TV movie of Doctor Strange from the 1970s. That's a terrible movie that had even less budget than Doctor Mordred. It's a 70s movie. I mean, come on. It's a 70s made-for-TV show that they were like, okay, first of all, 
let's not make him a surgeon that gets injured and has to have try to find a way to use magic to heal himself. No, he's a psychiatrist because psychiatry is big in the 70s. We've talked about this before, about how every movie in the 70s, they always went to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist and then the occult guy. Or the occult guy was also a psychiatrist. They'd always they'd get, sometimes they'd get a two in one. But yeah, that movie's terrible. He looks like he's wearing pajamas that you bought at the, the fucking Goodwill that were left over from something else. And it's, whoo, yeah, it's, it's real bad. Blu-ray is not going to be kind to that movie. A movie who they had so much faith in that it was going to be amazing that they put it up against Roots while it was airing for the first time. They were like, you know what? People that are not going to watch the most talked about miniseries of the year, one of the first TV miniseries ever, they're going to want to see this Doctor Strange movie. That's what they're going to want to see. No, guys. It did not work out. They did not want to see that at all. And I don't want to see that. I will not be sitting through that. So no, thank you, sir. It is uh, somehow worse even than the old Incredible Hulk shows. Wow. Yeah. And those are not prizes. That's wild. And this new Doctor Strange movie, hopefully better than the TV show. (laughs) And (laughs) and the Jeffrey Combs, Dr. Mordred. (laughs) Yeah, I am kind of interested to see what Sam Raimi will do with it, if it'll be any different than any of the other Marvel movies, or if we'll see it and be like, well, that's a Sam Raimi movie. Another reason why we chose this film, because the new one is being directed by Sam Raimi, and we haven't seen him really direct anything uh, superhero since the Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Did he direct Spider-Man 3? Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm sure he wants to forget that one. Yeah, I heard uh, someone saying that they did an interview with him. And they said, you know, there are actually a lot of people that like Spider-Man 3. And he said, I haven't met any of them. Wow. (laughs) I saw him at a horror convention and he was super nice. And you know what's so funny? Which This was like, what, maybe 2018? 2019. 2019. It was literally... When he was on the stage, he was like, hey, guys, uh, we're, we're uh, you know, this is, I'm not really supposed to say this, but we're coming out with this thing called Quibi. And it was like, when Quibi was like being finalized and yep. like going to be set to launch like soon. And he was talking about Quibi and he was very excited about it and all that stuff. And then everybody hated it. No one liked Quibi. I can't say anything about it because I did not see anything on Quibi. We just saw the new Reno 911, but that was not on Quibi. I mean, you know what I mean. It was made for Quibi, but they're showing it on the Roku channel now. Yeah. Which I think they bought all their shows. You might be able to find out and see what they are. That United States of Horror is on there. I think he produced that. That was what he was doing. So, yeah. that's it. He was super nice. But, yeah, let's see what... You know, you can always pinpoint a Raimi movie like he just has like a certain kind of like slapstick-esque humor you know and just certain things that he does it's like okay that's that's him so I don't know how that's going to translate in this movie I'm surprised that he's actually doing this movie yeah like they gave it to him like you know what I mean like oh okay we want you to be the director not that he's a bad director I'm just I don't know. I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. He has such kind of a unique style for stuff, especially when he's doing horror or science fiction. 
that it, I don't know that his would match with theirs unless they really keep him in line, you know? Yeah, because this is the second film, right? So it's yeah. like we had something already. So is it going to, the continuity going to be the same? You know, it's going to be interesting to see what he does with it. Well, thanks for joining us on another episode and stay tuned to the horror. And now folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.